You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Invest Ottawa, the lead economic development agency for knowledge-based industries in Canada's capital, and with critical support from BDC Capital's Thrive Venture Fund, and also the title sponsor of International Women's Week, we teamed up to produce this special series to celebrate women leading in Ottawa. In support of its women founders, and owner strategy. Invest Ottawa offers programs and services that enable and accelerate the growth and success of women entrepreneurs from every walk of life. Visit www.investottawa.ca forward slash women to learn more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why. My name is Naomi Haile, and today I am here with Victoria Shu. Victoria, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited that you're part of the Invest Ottawa Featured Leaders for International Women's Week this year. Uh, For the audience, before we start, let me tell you a little bit about Victoria. So Victoria is an impact entrepreneur and angel investor focusing on early stage tech startups that are delivering positive impacts on health and and climate. Um, Starting in the telecom industry, Victoria is well-versed in technology development, Um, research and development management, and business development. And two years ago, Victoria co-founded Clean InnoGen, a deep tech startup focused on hydrogen production, which is a clean source of energy. Uh, Victoria's passion for sustainability is also channeled through her angel investment in tech startups, as well as being actively involved in advising startups. So she currently serves on the board of directors of Myron Call Diagnostics, which is a U.S.-based biotech startup on multi-cancer early detection iTech for Green, which is a local SaaS startup, local to Ottawa, SaaS startups on providing affordable tech solutions on sustainable e-commerce, as well as i for Green League, which is a grassroots nonprofit initiative. She's successfully navigated traditionally male-dominated sectors, like the investing space, as well as, you know, engineering, which we'll talk about, and has long been an advocate for gender equality. This has led Victoria to be one of the founding investors with SheBoot, which is a women-led tech startup and boot camp as well as an investment initiative based out of Invest Ottawa. So, Victoria, welcome to the show. I would love for you to talk about your origin story. Well, thank you for having me here. Actually, I really like the name of the podcast and power of why, and that explains my origin story in a way, because I, grown up, I always like to ask why, and I probably ask too many whys there, being <laughs> uh, complained about that. And I believe that contributed a lot to where where I am today and it was mm-hmm. continues to shape where I want to be in the future. So I grew up in rural China, actually. So that is very, I was like, I realized it's kind of unique, which means give me a, a different opportunity here that I'm old enough to witness and experience some of the ex- extreme poverty that people here would never imagine. In a way, it's also very, a very sustainable sort of pre-industrialization society and how that works. And literally like the houses we live in, uh, in my early childhood, I remember it's a, it's, a, it's a house that you could see people build on YouTube channel in the wild that without any modern materials, um, you know, walls in, in from mud and, and, and rooftop is hay and stuff like that. It's, but I'm also young enough, I would say, and lucky enough that I didn't really suffer from 
things that you could imagine with extreme poverty about starvation or anything like that, you know. So that's the lucky part, but also means that back then I really kind of embraced with um, uh, with nature because that's the only actual curriculum we have, right? There's nothing else than that. I even I, I learned swimming in a real river without any pollution. It's really mm-hmm. natural environment. There's no technology involved then, uh, no screen time because no screen at all. That early sort of um, childhood experience. Now I think that's really shaped my value in a way and taught me to be curious and also have that sort of sense of connection with with nature. And um, even though I I move on, you know, after education, I, I graduated from university. I end up in the tech industry. Now I found actually uh, it is those childhood um, experiences really like guiding me through the journey to where I am now. Absolutely. There are so many incredible things that you um, really shared from, you know, asking why and continuously asking why and like that, I guess, curiosity and that search for just understanding the world. And also that other piece around being in nature and, you know, your first like exposure to swimming Immediately when you said that, I thought about the spaces that you operate in today in clean tech and how that would play into your desire to create and invest in technology that is about protecting our world, you know? And so I'd be curious when it came to really fueling your curiosity, like, did you find that you grew up in an environment that allowed you to be yourself? I guess it's because... um... I'm not typical in no way in, in, the, in the environment when I grow up. So I just lucky that I didn't feel much stress um, because of that. Uh, but, I, but I asked too many whys and in, in, in that, uh, um, in the family, that's okay. Because our family, I, I believe it's really supportive and I have freedom to explore everything, uh, to express everything. But the society itself, as you can imagine, it's not as as free as we we have here. But fortunately enough that I I didn't feel much uh, pressure from that. So, and the, oh, because as I explained earlier, that the only thing certain is constant change is because of that particular time frame. So then I, I guess that's uh, that helped me that even uh, even when I'm, I was very different uh, from other kids and, it went well, I would say. Once you are a, a good student in school, then people less bothered about other um, different behaviors, I guess. So what was your like entrance into North America? You've also spent time in the United States. You're in Ottawa right now, but you've spent time in the United States. And so um, can you talk a little bit about what that entrance looked like and then also how you got into tech as well? Yeah, so after graduation, I the first job I got is uh, was Lucent Bell Labs. Uh, that's sort of the uh, one of the global leaders back then on telecommunication. That brought me to to the U.S. and to the corporate and to the tech world. Yeah, that experience has really shaped my sort of value and professional life in a very 
in a very significant way because that's the first job I have. And, and as you can imagine that these are all sort of top talents from the world and I really learned a lot from, from there. I'd be curious because I read that it was in your graduate studies um, at the University of Maryland was where you developed your interest in climate change. And this was like in, in 2015. And so that's how you like kind of got involved in clean tech startups from solar to EV charging. So what did this look like when you were in university? Like, can you, like, can you remember back to when you really learned about clean technology, where your interest started? Was it you joined a club on campus and that introduced um, you or what did that look like? To me, that's a very unique experience, and I, I, I really appreciate that because that I went to this University of Maryland after I had a ten years experience with the uh, global telecom industry already, and so typical people would just choose to go to MBA programs uh, in their mid career to sort of advance that. For me, that's not the goal back then. I was just trying to explore what else there, sort of have a take a break in the mid-career. Um, and then because of that, that my experience in the private sector, in tech sector, so I, I don't think that I need an MBA in a sense, because a lot of things I've already learned in work, um, because global companies really provide a great uh, training opportunity for us. I ended up in uh, University of Maryland School of Public Policy to learn pub, sort of public domain, public sector, publishing management, nonprofit management, and you know policy and how the other part of the major sector, public sector, works. We had a new dean back then who's a special secretary on climate change for United Nations, and that experience opened up the whole other world to me. That's how I got introduced to, to climate change and then got the opportunity to, to learn more. There are new uh, global sustainability center created. You can imagine at that time, I, I remember that I was in class and then we have fellow students going to COP25 uh, back then. It's a great um, place for me to really now uh, get opportunity to know all of that. Uh, meanwhile, it's interestingly that it's also where my children start to also talk about climate change. And I need to really know that in order to have a conversation with them and also well, looking at you know, what we can do on, on climate change. So yeah, that's how I got sort of seriously looking to that instead of like just another political word out there. Mm, that's fascinating. And also about your kids' interests in the space. When I think about um, when I was doing like research on the spaces that you operate in and the companies that you invest in, a lot of them go back to the sense of like quality of life. And a lot of these technologies determine where people live, how they live, lifestyles, like what they do for work. And from what I've seen, the through line in a lot of your experiences is that you want to promote innovations that are addressing climate change and helping to improve people's quality of life. And so um, do you also think about, I'm sure you do, you also think about your kids and like the future that they will have. So how do you think about quality of life as it relates to the work that you do? Oh, sure. Well, actually, that is sort of the, um, um, I mean, the trigger point probably is more because of COVID in a way. Well, before that, it's more sort of just the, just the business driven. And because these attack adaptation is always 
was needed to improve um, the society for sure. But it's actually after COVID that reinforced that when we look at what's really essential, what's really valuable, because COVID really, really reminded us that there's always uncertainty and in the early stage things, it's always risky, right? So, so we need to really stick to the value itself because things that make money before may not make money in the future. Uh, we can't just follow the so-called follow the wind or follow the trend, just see, okay, what what's their financial performance before? Okay, this is good, let's, let's do this again. Things are changing, like COVID is such a big dramatic moment to remind us about that. And climate change is, a, is the same, is, is it, in a way similar, that remind us that we cannot continue on the previous track. So that's sort of brought me to sort of have my own mandate on investment and also my work on improving quality of life because that's the, to me, that's the only thing matters, right? It's all about people and all about our journey here in the world. And obviously uh, children play a role here. So when you are a parent, you definitely, that really reminds you about sort of the meaning of the life, the purpose of life. And then you will see that uh, you want to create a better world for, for your children and they can continue. So yeah, that's all, I feel like that's all tied Interconnected. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit because that kind of, paints a really clear picture around your investment philosophy and like the types of companies that you even want to build and the companies that you want to invest in. So um, can you talk a little bit about your decision to be an angel investor? What was your thought process entering the space? How did you find out about it? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's also something kind of serendipitous in a way that I I didn't plan to be an angel investor. Uh, it just just happened, and then I uh, realized this is also a way to to bring more impact to the world in uh, in terms of the um, applying technology to uh, to make the world better. I sort of uh, have always have the sort of entrepreneur type of uh, uh, how do I say that entrepreneurship in myself and. But then I realized I only have 24 hours. There are just too many ideas and too many things to be done. I just found myself that in the position to be able to learn a lot of different things. I I like the the intellectual challenge that goes behind um, understanding some new technology. Uh, so I enjoyed the just just different entrepreneurs understand their business and. I, I think I can I can be an investor rather than just be an entrepreneur myself. That because being an entrepreneur that has to be focused, uh, which now I now I'm an entrepreneur myself, and actually most of the time I, I have to force myself to to focus to first because uh, investor is a, a, a different species in a way. <laughs> so there are two conflicting mindsets here. It's my background. It's what I learned. What I found. I'm. I'm I'm more interested in I enjoy better that drive me to be a angel investor, uh, which still sort of um, help me to 
fulfill a little bit on entrepreneur myself because angel investors are very close to these entrepreneurs. Uh, many of them are very active, hands-on, and like I, like I, what I did even before I co-founded my my own startup. And also, angel investment in a way is not a financial investment uh, from my personal perspective. It's even though it's the numbers show that the return annual return is twenty plus, uh, which is not bad uh, from financial investment perspective, but. At the individual level, you never know that we are all prepared to lose all the money we invest in these angel deals. Uh, but to me, even when we lose this money, then these entrepreneurs will support these communities, this early stage startup ecosystem. That's really matters. And actually, my study of public policy and public management really prepare me to understand better about the bigger picture of the importance of these early stage ecosystems. Uh, startup ecosystems. And I sort of appreciate that value. So I'm okay to accept that risk. You have an interesting take on risk and uncertainty, like taking risk, I should say, in this. I asked you about where did your appetite for risk come from in our first conversation? And I would really love for you to share it here because I thought it was fascinating. I'm in the position to take risk, right? Because I in, in a way, if I'm not in the position to take risk, I will not do that, right? So I have safe net here because of my experience, because I've already achieved. And once I'm in the position, then I feel like that's, in a way, that's sort of my responsibility to take this risk and to take on these uncertainties, because otherwise, who's going to do that, you know? that That's the sort of the immediate foundation here to allow me to to take risks. And, and also then the journey itself is valuable. In a way, these are all investment. The return um, is not just the money. There are different returns. Actually, even from my own experience in the, in the past that there are cases like, I just do something without thinking about return, uh, but just and then you find some major return, significant return in other way, right? I believe everyone experienced that. and. I think this is uh, where I see uh, I, I, how I decide what type of risks I want to I want to take on, because I need to see. Actually, I need to see the return. It's just not the return in in the in the traditional financial way. It's a broader uh, return. I think that's also a sort of a skill that angel investors need to have that they could see something beyond what's in the near future, what's in the short-term financial uh, statement. Yeah, and I'm curious for for folks who maybe have their own companies, if you could share your own thoughts around what you look for in companies that you decide to invest in. I ask this because you talk about like the right conditions need to be in place. I think in this case, you were talking specifically about um, your decision to start your own business. But I think those right, quote unquote, right conditions also exist when you look at investment opportunities. Yeah. And so angel investing is a little bit different because you're like putting your personal money on the line and mm -hmm. it may be more determined by like some of your personal interests as well and like what you want to see in the world. So can you talk about what you look for specifically? I would say now I kind of, all into uh, climate change in a way, because now I realize that such a that's such a big issue, and we do need a lot of 
new innovation, some will fail and some will eventually some will succeed. So then on, on that front, then it's it's the, the angel deals have to have several key components when you have that good team. I, I don't invest in solar funder case because it's very challenging to be an entrepreneur and you need to have, have a sort of a, a strong team to, to put it through. Well, there are successful on solar funder cases for sure, but it's just my personal preference that I won't invest in solar funder case, but rather a great team that really share the value and then uh, would drive for some, some cha positive changes. And then in terms of the technology, I, I don't have a list here because for angel deals, it's a little bit different from, from other funds that they source their deals. We, we, in a way, we don't really have control over the deal flow. We've seen a wide range of startups, but I, I will apply the rule here is that I will validate that whether this is a true innovation that would make changes because many of them could, you know, make money, but it's, it's not really, it's not really true changes they're bringing there. There's a technical five whys, like ask, ask five whys to really understand, okay, what really is this startup about? What's the problem it's addressing? And then what it will look like in the future or something like that. So um, yeah, it's hard to, to, to put a boundary here or define it here because that's the beauty of the uh, early stage angel investor. You never know what you come come across, you know, and maybe some of them are great. I also have my limitation. I, I only do things that I can understand. So we've seen cases that like there are great startups, but I probably just don't resonate with that particularly because of my own limitation. Anyway, angel investment is not a VC fund, right? So it's a little bit different here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Curious because you, there was a specific example you shared with me around your interest in neuroscience and brain health and all of that. And you went down a rabbit hole, you did all of this research, and then you found a, a company that was focused on this very issue and challenge and you decided to invest in it. And so I'm wondering, like, from that perspective, in terms of selecting companies like a strong team, the other factors that you've mentioned, what has that aspect looked like for you as well in other yeah. spaces beyond clean tech? Well, actually, yeah, I think it's a uh, neurovine. Ashley is on your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's really a, a story that can demonstrate how, how the points I made earlier that work together. First, that they have a great team, and then they're working on a technology that I understand. Well, actually, I study biomedical engineering myself. That should be my domain, but I ended up in telecom. Anyway, that's another story. So there's for sure, these are things that I can understand. Then at that time, I have been researching on neuroscience and brain health for a while because, you know, things we... Like in my spare time, I will worry about, okay, how do I maintain my well-being, health and mental health, et cetera. So that's definitely a very important part. I, I felt like it's less popular and I have to do my own research. That also allowed me to see value beyond their current uh, product, which is a concussion uh, treatment app. Well, it turns out it's, it is startups has to be very agile and then they can pivot whenever they need to. 
and they can evolve essentially. And now I'm so glad to see that Neurovine evolved since I invested and they have their own EEG band as well. So very cool. And I believe that they are on the way to be a even, you know, a bigger company and to be significant in the brain house area. So that's really, you know, combining all the aspects and that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, before we wrap up the episode, I'd love to learn one thing happening in your industry right now that you really have your eye on that maybe you haven't discussed in this episode. Well, I, I won't speak about particular technology because I think that no one knows what technology will stand out in a way. It's all exploratory. But I do think the current trend, um, well, not really trend, that that expected recession and what we see in the big tax layoff and et cetera. I personally think that's a good good thing to happen to clean tech, to climate change. As I mentioned earlier, climate change now reminds us that we cannot continue in the previous way. However, before the recession, before most of people really are staying in their comfort zone, decent job and you know continue on their track. And now, now actually those resources, those talents will be able to release from those industries because you know we know that investors are not investing in many mobile apps anymore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. It's getting tough, but that's not bad. And because we need to get these people, brand talents and, and money, these resources released to clean tech, to climate change. Because when, imagine if, if I got laid off from telecom or whatever IT at this stage, I probably will just rethink what should I work right, moving forward. There's no so-called secure job anymore. What should I work on, right? And then I can imagine many people when they do their research, when they see that there's no more tech jobs like they had before, probably will end up realizing, oh, there's another whole new world is opening up now, <laughs> right? Well, I can share with you the uh, the nonprofit Eiffel Green experience there is that we opened a, um, a board of director position, a volunteer, you know, grassroots initiative, not much. I even haven't had the website up and running. Uh, just just some just just give them an idea about okay, this is an initiative to try to work on the climate change. We got flooded with overqualified candidates. And then when I talked to them, all of them really just delivered this message, regardless of where what's their industry right now, they all now realize that we do need to work on sustainability and we do need to work on climate change because that's the only thing that matters probably in the next decades or that will not die out you know that's even health sector may change in terms of the particular technology or or anyway the policy whatever but climate change even there's policy change even even when their technology change but this thing will not go away you know modern nature just works like that yeah, I we need a lot of people to move to that industry and contribute their talents. That makes it so hopeful. That is a really interesting take on where we are right now as a society and as a as a global community as well. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Power of Why podcast. We mm-hmm. will catch you all in the next episode.
Thank you for listening to the Power of Why podcast. You can find the show notes at naomihaile.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Power of Why on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was brought to you in collaboration with Invest Ottawa and with critical support from BDC Capital's Thrive Venture Fund, title sponsor of International Women's Week 2023, we teamed up to produce this special series in celebration of International Women's Week featuring six inspirational leaders. Visit www.investottawa.ca forward slash IWW to learn more.